Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Beat My Guest. I'm your host, AJ Mass. If you're new to the show, each week I invite a guest to sit in the hot seat and field questions in a wide variety of topics, earning points for the episode on a scale of 1 to 100. For those of you playing along at home, you have but one task set before you, and that is to see if you can beat my guest. Mm, but before you can beat my guest, you need to meet my guest. So let's give a warm welcome to today's guest, Alex Meisner. Alex, how are you, sir? And welcome back. Doing great. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, well, you know, I, I'm always nice to the nice. It's nice to be nice to the nice, as they used to say on, on MASH, Major Frank Burns. Hey, you were very nice. Thank you so much for being a patron. And yep. why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself, uh, who you are, what you do, and why you do the things you do. Well, I'm, uh, say, Alex Meisner. I'm an engineer, which means I stare at the computer all day, and I live in the Tri-Cities in Washington. Very good. And uh, are you ready? I for- think I am, as ready as one can be in the hot seat. Excellent. So let me just remind you, and perhaps if you're listening for the first time, let you know uh, what the rules are for this game. And if you are listening for the first time, where the heck have you been? Uh, there's going to be four rounds of four questions apiece. In each round, I will let you know the categories in order that we'll be using for the round. Before I read each question, you get to lock in how many points you wish each question to be worth. Get it right, you get the points. It is just that simple. And there's also going to be a halftime bonus worth 10 points. At the end of the game, you get to field what we call the confidence question, which will be Alex's last chance to try to prove his final score. But I will explain more about that when we get there we cannot get there if we stay here because there is there here is here we have to get from here to there and that requires us moving on to round one alex are you ready i think i am oh, i wasn't ready for that segue Woo. <laughs> <laughs> all right in round one the point values available to you are one three five and seven here are the categories we're working with tonight we're going to kick things off with around the world followed up with fungo move along to history and we're going to wrap up round one with music. Before I ask you how much you want around the world to be worth, this is our alphabet season. As such, every episode is going to have all of the answers, unless I say otherwise. Starting with the same letter today is episode H, Alex. H, I'm sure you're happy to hear that. <laughs> it's better uh, than X. Indeed. So uh, whether it's the first name of a person, the last name of the person, the first name of a title, or just somewhere there in the title, one of the words in your answer will start with H around the world, one, three, five, or seven. Let's start with three. Three points for around the world. Good luck. And here we go. Agtelec National Park complete with limestone-rich caves, is believed to have been the home of some of the original human residents of what country? Agtelec. That is definitely an odd name, so I'm going to hope it's something like Aztec, and guess, let's try Honduras. Honduras is your answer. Thinking about uh, the Aztecs, it does sound a little Aztec. In fact, Agtelec could actually just be a, a misspelling of Aztec if you think about it. Unfortunately, not the correct answer. You know, there aren't a lot of age countries out there. And so I was trying to pick uh, a question where, uh, you know, I thought perhaps Honduras was going to be a, a red herring for some people thinking that it sounded like it might belong there. But actually, it's quite European. This is Hungary. Well, at least I can only go up from here. <laughs> it wasn't, of course, my favorite Alex Trebek response. Haiti. <laughs> Haiti. Uh, this is true. Only way to go is up, much like out of the caves from which the Hungarians arose. <laughs> Fungo <laughs> is up next. You have one, you have five, you have seven. 
Oh, let's try seven on the category. All right, Fungo, I'm going to give you three clues, each pointing to the same thing. Hopefully, you'll be able to figure out what that thing is. Good luck for seven points. Clue number one, yawn. Gene was a big winner at this ceremony, according to Davy and Peter. Clue number two, Walter Cruz gets drugged in this fictional top-secret government experiment. Clue number three, a 2015 parade celebrating this in Stillwater resulted in four deaths. Oh, boy. Uplifting so, clues, indeed. Yes. Uh, so Stillwater, I think, Oklahoma, which would be completely wrong, but uh, and I'm not sure on the other question clues at all. So Stillwater, home of the Cowboys. Let's go with Hoedown. Hoedown. Indeed, a fine answer. Uh, my improviser background is is, is smiling and just... Unfortunately, Hoedown, not the correct answer here. So, Gene was a big winner at this ceremony. That would be Sleepy Gene, according to Davey and Peter, two of the monkeys. Cheer up, Sleepy Gene. Oh, what does it mean to a daydream believer? And Homecoming a... Queen. Homecoming Queen, indeed. Walter Cruz gets drugged in a fictional top-secret government experiment. That's from the TV show Homecoming on Netflix. Also the name of the government program in said program. And yes, unfortunately, the 2015 Homecoming Parade in Oklahoma State uh, made news because things got a little out of control with some of the vehicles there. And, uh, well, sadness. Well, at least I picked the right still water. This is very true. <laughs> <laughs> That was Stillwater, Haiti. Haiti. <laughs> All right, a slow start, but people have rebounded from far worse. Trust me on this. Just guess Tristan H. Cockcroft. Anyway, <laughs> history is next. You still have your one point and your five point. Well, I'm definitely saving the one for the music, so let's go with five. All right, five point for history. Good luck. And here we go. Born in Paris. This fierce anti-slavery activist became a Washington, D.C. mainstay from the Civil War all the way through 1881. Who is he? Okay. Well, gave me he and Paris, so it's definitely not Harriet Tubman. But unfortunately, I'm having trouble coming up with anti-slavery activists that are French that start with H. I'm just going to guess Henri and hope for the best. Henri and hope for the best. Yeah, sometimes AJ likes to be a little sneaky here. I, I am not lying with this clue. <laughs> However, uh, the town of Paris in question here is actually uh, Paris, Massachusetts, which oh. then later, when it broke away, uh, became part of Maine. So this is actually not a French person at all, but an American who just happened to live in a French-sounding city. He was a senator from Maine, a minister to Spain, and the vice president to Abraham Lincoln. Hannibal Hamlin. Hannibal Hamlin, a fine double H. How could I resist? Oh, I fell for the trap. It was a trap, indeed. It's a trap! <laughs> and I'll save Admiral Ackbar for the A episode uh, when we do it again another time. But, uh... <laughs> I am sorry, sir. Uh, not sorry, really, no. Uh, <laughs> one question left in the first round. It is only worth one point, but you know what? One 
is going to be better than zero. I know you're, you're you're probably not fond of music, but uh, <laughs> here's hoping. Those are H's, right? <laughs> Good luck. Here is your one point music question. A music video of one of his songs, directed by Godly and Cream, and featuring bare-boned animatronic sculptures, ended up winning five MTV Video Music Awards in 1984. What artist helped bring jazz to the MTV generation? Well, as evidenced by me completely missing the monkey's clue, uh, music is definitely not my strong suit, so I'm just trying to think 80s and H, and something is somewhere back in my brain and it's trying to come up, uh, but I just don't think it's going to get there. So uh, we're going to tap. I think I'm going to have to tap on the music question. Fair enough. Uh, although if you tapped, you might tap on the keyboard. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, this was a, you know, back in the eighties when MTV first started, artists who had no business making it big, got a lot of airplay if they just had a really interesting video this was one of those not that the artist isn't talented but he wasn't mtv really he just came up with this thing where he did like this spoken word thing and uh, there was a lot of keyboards and uh, these robots were dancing and, and and it just it caught and captured the imagination of uh teenagers it's a little song called rocket and the artist is herbie hancock and that was the thing that was somewhere in the back of my brain. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's music, right? <laughs> well, and you know, it's not the hot seat if you don't have just complete fail at some point. This is true. This is true. And uh, I will never know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It was a complete dud of a round. But that's why the first round is the lowest scoring round. Gives you time to warm up. Uh, how are you feeling after that that, that round? Uh, Thoroughly humbled to stick with the theme tonight. Humbled. Excellent. I wish I could give you points for that. Uh, I cannot, <laughs> however. I will give you more points in this round should you get one right. And I hope that you do. The point values are going to increase to two, four, six, and eight. The categories are as follows. We're going to kick things off with what comes next. Followed up with Potpourri. After potpourri, we have everybody's favorite category. Say it with me. Only in Florida. Florida. And we're going to wrap up the first half and round two with analogies. But first up is what comes next. What comes next is your wager for what comes next. Two, four, six, or eight. We're going to start cautiously again at four. Four points. Good luck. And in only connect fashion, here we go. What comes next? L T L P N H. What comes next? L T L P and N H. Indeed. Well, it's not obviously states. You know, I'm at a complete loss of those combinations. So I'm just going to guess H A. And again, hope for the best. H-A. Well, knowing that this is the H game, certainly you know that first initial is going to be H. <laughs> so, you know, it's really a 1 in 26 shot here, <laughs> if you don't know. So why not guess? Absolutely. Uh, you know, these categories, uh, these questions, I did not know who was going to get this set. And obviously, 
I did not know you hated music so much, so I apologize <laughs> for it being uh, so music heavy. Uh, a lot of people out there are going to not even blink an eye for getting this one correct here because LT, LP, NH, why those are the initials of three of the four remaining members of One Direction. In order of oldest to youngest, we have Lewis Tomlinson, Liam Payne, Niall Oren, and of course the one who is left, Harry Styles. HS is what we were looking for. Well, at least I can rest easy that no longer how long I thought about that, there was no way I was coming up with it. Yeah, I kind of had a feeling with your <laughs> music uh, commentary there. And for the record, Zayn Malik, had I included him in this, would have been number two on the list. So, uh, yeah, just just for completion's sake there, all you Zaniacs out there. I just assume they call themselves Zaniacs. I don't actually know, but that kind of sounds right. <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? If they don't, they probably should start right now. <laughs> uh, Potpourri is next. We've got a two. We've got a six. We've got an eight. Alex, what do you think? Oh, let's go big with eight. Eight points for Potpourri. Good luck. Here is your question. Chone Mage, Thalara, and Ocelodets are all types of what? Ooh. Happy to spell any if you need me to. <laughs> sure. Why don't you spell that last one? Ocelodets. O-S-E-L-E-D-E-T-S. Pretty much as it sounds. Ocelodets. Again, I wish, wish I hadn't gone for eight on this, because this is another one where I am drawing a complete blank on them. So... Oh, let's just try go for an entertaining answer and guess types of huts. Types of huts. You know, sometimes you give an answer and it just really yurts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, that pun yurts absolutely. Uh, so not the correct answer, unfortunately. AJ was, was very bad here. Uh, well, the last answer was HS, which stood for Harry Styles. So, of course, these are all hairstyles. Oh. A chone mage is commonly worn by sumo wrestlers. Uh, Phalera is basically what you see on Princess Leia with the two buns on either side of the head. And Ocelodets are a kind of hairstyle worn by Orthodox Hindu people. It's well, all up there the way you wear your hair. <laughs> I guess hairstyles might be right there with music in my strength categories. <laughs> well, you know, at least we're narrowing it down. You know, we'll spend the first half, uh, you know, it'll be a tale of two halves. The first half, we'll just take a tour of all the things you despise, and then we'll just rack up the points of the second half. Well, you know, it's no fun if no one can ever beat the guest. Uh, very true, very true. But it's no <laughs> fun if you can't get a few right. I have a feeling that that might change, although I don't know if it's going to change with this one, let's be honest. <laughs> okay. Uh, two, six. It's the Florida question. You've all been waiting for it. <laughs> well, these are so random. I'm going to stick with two on this one. Two points only in Florida. Brace yourself. And here we go. Last December, a man by the name of Danny DeJesus went into a Circle K gas station. He handed the clerk a napkin full of marijuana. What did he ask the clerk for in return? Okay, so I'm going to guess, since this is Florida, it's going to be something incredibly stupid, and I'm going to guess methamphetamine. 
Huh. So what would you get for an H at a Circle K in Florida? Well, Circle K is a bastion of all things snack foods, so I'm just going to guess for a ho-ho. A ho-ho. Just one, not the whole pack. <laughs> a ho-ho. You know, when I first read this story... I was wondering where it was going. I actually thought perhaps he was going to ask for a, a hug because that would have been just delightful. Um, That's but not no, weird enough for no, no, no. As you said, strange things are afoot at the Circle K. Uh, and uh, yeah, he was hungry. He had no money. So he thought perhaps uh, if he handed over a little bit of the wacky tobacco, he just might be able to walk out of that store with a hot dog. <laughs> Oh, I picked the wrong snack food at a gas station. You did, you did. Right track, but uh, yeah, at least you... I went for the double H. Yeah, you've got, and I usually I would too, you've got higher standards than uh, than Mr. De Jesus, so there, there is that. <laughs> be fair, Ho-Ho may be more expensive than a Circle K uh, hot dog. This is very true. I'm, I'm actually surprised the clerk didn't, uh, didn't say okay, to be honest. I mean, you know. Seems like a type of transaction that would take place there. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, be, I, actually, what what really should happen is you should have gotten the hot, the hot dog, put too much, you know, mustard or ketchup on it, and then uh, you know needed to ask for the That's napkin enough. back to wipe his mouth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, you can keep the pot, man. Uh, <laughs> all right, one question left in the half. It is going to be worth six points. It is analogies. Always a dangerous category. And again, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I didn't know. I didn't know. Good luck. And here is your six-point analogies question. In an elevator is to Aerosmith as plus one is to what? Well, I believe this is proof I am not looking up any answers. (laughs) So something like Aerosmith... Oh, I'm just going to, and it has to be an H band, so that's limiting all my initial answers. It's definitely not Herbie Hancock, because you're not that cruel. No, I would not repeat an answer. <laughs> well, let me retract that. I, I, I probably would, and probably will at some point. <laughs> but I do I'll promise. After the third appearance. Yeah, I, I do promise it's not the case here. Man, I'm just having a hard time coming up with bands that start with H. I'm trying to even come up with an amusing answer. How about Hungry Floridians? Hungry Floridians. I I wouldn't be surprised if they actually didn't have a hit in the 80s. I mean, there were a lot of <laughs> bands. But yeah, this was, uh, yeah, as it turns out, another music-related uh, question here. Uh, so Aerosmith had a song. It was a hit. I'm not saying it was a good song, not one of their best works, if you ask me. But uh, they had a hit with Love in an Elevator. So the analogy here is what band came up with a song that was Love Plus One? Clearly a a group that we've all uh, spent our entire lives listening to. I'm sure, you know, generation after generation regaled their their children and grandchildren with the uh, lyrical prowess of Haircut 100. Yes, another answer that there is no way I would ever come up with, even if I sat here all day. Yeah, so isn't it good that you didn't spend all day? I mean, uh, (laughs) 
you know, the risk reward, the return on investment, whatever you want to put there, probably wouldn't have been strong. Uh, man, I, 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 excuse me, H, 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 <laughs> I is next week. Um, well, you know, there is a halftime bonus question coming up. There is. And it is our only partial credit question of the game. It can be worth up to 10 points. But before I get there, let me do the math here. Hang on one second. I got to carry the one up. It, oh, man. No points. No points. <laughs> I'm not sure this has happened before. <laughs> Congratulations. It's good to You're a record a setter already. Uh, uh, no, comeback. There's going to be a comeback. <laughs> and it starts here with this halftime bonus question, which... <sighs> All right. Yeah, let's just say uh, I'm going to ask you the question. I'm going to give a little bit of time to think about your answer to the question. When we come back from a little break, hopefully you will have at least some of the correct answers to the following question. Now, it is about music, but I think this might be gettable for you. Uh, it's certainly not the hit songs of Haircut 100. According to Archive Music, which ranks composers by the frequency of performance and the prolificacy of output, there are eight classical composers whose last name starts with H who have made archive music's list. Artists with 170 plus works to their name. So, for two points each, I want you to name any five of the classical composers who made the cut on this list. I'll give you a little bit of time to think about your answer, and we'll be back after the break. If you'd like to support Beat My Guest, helping to make more episodes like this possible, please consider becoming a patron, just like Christopher, Muffy, Andy, and many others who have joined since the start of the season. Check out patreon.com slash beatmyguest for details. And now back to me for the second half of this week's episode. And welcome back to be my guest. My guest this week is Alec Meisner. And when we last left Alex, well, let's not even talk about it. Uh, <laughs> no, unfortunately, Alex has had a very music-heavy half, not to his liking, and unfortunately, no points as of yet. But I am pretty confident that that's about to change with this halftime bonus question. Here it is, according to Archive Music, which ranks composers by the frequency of their performances and the prolificacy of their output. Eight classical composers whose last name starts with H have made their list. All of these artists have 170-plus works to their name. For two points each, I have asked Alex to name for me any five of these H composers. Alex, whenever you're ready, let me know what you've come up with. Well, I've at least got three composers that start with H. So that's better than I did in some of the other music ones. Indeed. So prolific classical composers starting with H, I think I have to throw in Haydn and Handel, and hopefully the Planet Suite gets some love in its holst. Okay. And are you going to come up with two more guesses for me? I am having trouble coming up with any other H composers. Which means I'll probably hit my head against the desk when you tell me. Take the three and go. All right. Hopefully they're on the list. We'll find out. <laughs> so I'm going to go in reverse order of their prolific composers, starting with a composer with 173 works to his name, just making the cut. 
And yes, folks, this is a classical composer. This is not a Vegas performer. He stole the name Engelbert Humperdinck. There are two of them, folks. There really are. <laughs> Zengelbert slapped back. Uh, 205, we have Johann Nepomuk Hummel at 218. Arthur Honegger, 276. Herbert Howells at 501. We are on the board with Gustav Holst. Well done, sir. 581. Paul Hindemith. And both of them over 2,000 works, 2,205 and 2,677. How could you have an H classical music list and not include Franz Joseph Haydn and George Frederick Handel? Three correct, two points each, six points. Well done, sir. I feel a lot better now. I do, too. Trust me, it's no fun to, to, to <laughs> you know, after a while, it's like, stop, stop, let him up, let him up, get off He's of already him. already dead. <laughs> uh, beating a dead horse. <laughs> much better, much better. No points going into halftime. Six points coming out of halftime. We are well on our way to double digits. I feel good about this as we head into round three. Round three point values staying the same at two, four, six, and eight. But the categories are going to be a little bit different, and this is what we're going to be using in this round three, kicking things off with Who Done It, following it up with Audio Hodgepodge, which admittedly is a bit of a lifestyle. And then we're going to move on to sports, and we are going to wrap up round three with movies. But. First things first, who done it? Two, four, six, or eight? Try six this time. Six points. Who done it? Good luck. And here we go. Though his many years of government service included stints in the departments of state, agriculture, and justice, charges of treason and collusion with Russia eventually led to his conviction, albeit on lesser charges related to perjury. Who done it? So I do believe this is someone that was prominent in the Cold War era, and I'm going to guess Alger Hiss. Alger Hiss is your answer. You know, I I was reading this clue, and so help me if it doesn't sound like it just happened this week. I mean, <laughs> sure, we're not talking about Michael Cohen here. Is it, maybe he was in the department. But none of those people start with H. This is very, very true. Uh Indeed, indeed. There just seems to be a whole hoot in any of them, basically, <laughs> is the problem. Uh, yeah, this is not anything related to the current administration. This goes way back, way back to the 1940s, 1950. A man by the name of Whitaker Chambers started accusing a whole bunch of people. And uh, after a mistrial and then a retrial, eventually this uh, government guy... Put to shame, he never, uh, never admitted guilt. Always said this was a setup, one of those McCarthy error uh, kind of uh, hits. But uh, Alger Hiss is the correct answer. Well done, sir. Six points for you. Oh, that's much nicer in the first half. Yeah, now we're cooking with gas. Uh, audio Hodgepodge is up next. How many points would you like to wager? Two, four, or eight? Go with four on that one. All right, four points for Audio Hodgepodge. Uh, Audio Hodgepodge, I will read you a question. 
after I'm done with the question, I'm going to play a little clip for you. Hopefully, the idea is that after you've heard the clip, then you will absolutely 100% be able to answer this question. Here is the question I'm talking about. Who wrote the quote-unquote jokes that are causing this comedian to bomb miserably? Boy, uh, have you guys been watching the news lately? It's crazy. Um, Speaking of the news, breaking news, Jimmy Dean Sausage Company will be renamed Gorsuch Sausage because he's grinding up some Democrat senators into pure pork sausage. Traveling's weird. Boy, I was in uh, Norway last week. Only English-speaking TV I get at Norway is BBC. Oh, my. It stands for Biased Boring Crap. It's more effective than Ambien as Sleep Inducer. So I do not want to know who the comedian is. I want to know who wrote those jokes. Well, let's see here. Who would have written those jokes? Someone that's not very good at it. But, you know, I'm just the only... H person associated with jokes I can think of is good at it, so I doubt it's right, but I'm going to guess Bill Hader. Bill Hader. Fine. SNL cast member of the past. Now uh, Emmy Award winner for Barry. Excellent. Stefan, we miss you. Uh, so did you happen to recognize uh, the comedian who was uh, delivering the material? Happened to be Patton Oswald, maybe? Yes, indeed. That was the uh, wonderful Patton Oswald. I uh, enjoy his stuff immensely. Uh, he was invited on... Uh, he's been invited on Jimmy Kimmel many times to kind of address situations. Uh, certainly, uh, Patton Oswald is very uh, active on Twitter, and sometimes people uh, mean tweet him, and, and so he you know reads mean tweets. And then after uh, a certain someone started tweeting these uh jokes and they were intended to be jokes uh, make no question about it jimmy kimmel decided to see uh, a little experiment uh, would they actually be funny if uh, a famous comedian pat Oswalt uh read them out loud and uh no no the answer is no <laughs> keep your day job whatever that is mr mike huckabee yeah i could see that not translating well into comedy yeah, he he thinks he thinks he's funny, and uh, yeah. None of the Twitter people I could think of started with H. Yeah, well, certainly we know the the Twitter in chief uh, <laughs> uh, certainly has his uh, his performance art piece uh, <laughs> uh, dedicated people to him, but uh, no, Mike Huckabee was the answer here. It's all good, no harm, no foul. We're going to move on to sports. You have the high and the low left, two points or eight points. Well, I suspect there's about to be a foul, so I'm sticking with two. Two. So are you saying music worse than sports? or sports? Music's probably worse than sports if you look at my learning okay. stats. Okay, so, so you're saying there's a chance. There is. <laughs> Excellent. Here is your two-point sports question. Now, in all fairness, this answer might not have been in this episode of Beat My Guest, Except for a 1991 name change. Although he lost national title games in college and championships in the pros, once he decided to change his moniker, he won two titles over the next three seasons. Who is he? Sports people that change their name. 
clearly not Muhammad Ali or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or Meta World Peace. Someone that would have won championships with an H name. Well, remember when I said there was a chance? Indeed. I don't think there is anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so just trying to come up with an H sports person that I could claim changed their name recently. Let's just guess Herschel Walker. Herschel Walker, a fine guess. I mean, it's, it's an athlete. It's someone who uh, could potentially have uh, fit the bill here. Uh, it is not correct, but nevertheless, I at least commend you for uh, not uh, throwing the towel in. And uh, it's all good. So uh, this is, it's a subtle name change, but it was a name change nonetheless when... Uh, when this player came to the United States from his homeland, uh, he uh, didn't really quibble when they uh, spelled his name phonetically. It is Akeem oh, oh. the Dream Elijahwan. If you look back at any of the footage from his time at Houston in college, you'll notice that there is no H at the start of his name. He was Akeem Elijahwan, Akeem the Dream. Uh, and started in the pros that way, and then uh, he said, you know what, <laughs> this is stupid. My name is Hakeem. It's got an H in it. It means something. <laughs> it translates in my language. It's Hakeem. And uh, son of a gun if he didn't then go out and win two titles over the next three years. So uh, his only titles, in fact. But uh, well done to you after the fact. But uh, So no partial points for getting it as you're explaining the answer. Right? No, 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 no. But once I give in Nigeria and uh, <laughs> start telling the tale. If only, if only NC State hadn't pulled off that miracle, then perhaps, perhaps you would have won a championship in college. Uh, but uh, twas not to be. It's okay. I think things worked out okay for Hakeem. Uh, it was not a nightmare, that's for sure. No. Christian Okoye, Nigerian nightmare. Hakeem, <laughs> the Nigerian dream. There you go. They're like opposites or something. Uh, movies is the last category available to you here. And let me see. Ooh, eight points. So I'm hoping you're a bit more of a cinephile than you are a uh, sports nut. Indeed. Good luck to you. Here is your eight-point movie question. Mila Kunis made her film debut in a 1996 comedy about a man who gets amnesia and suddenly begins to believe that he is the real Santa Claus. Who played this cinematic Kris Kringle in a Hollywood embarrassment that made just $220,000 at the box office in its two-week run? Ooh, so I need big, big Hollywood bomb. Starts with H. Christmas movie. Well, I don't earn. It's the actor I'm going for. Correct. Who would have played Santa Claus in the mid-90s? Yeah, you'd think having a letter as the theme would help. You know, I've been hearing that uh, pretty <laughs> much every, uh, every episode. <laughs> you would think that. Well, you know, he doesn't exactly fit the image of Santa Claus, but let's go with Harvey Keitel. I could see that movie. Absolutely. If I can see Billy Bob Thornton as Bad Santa, I could see Harvey Keitel as uh, Confused Santa. <laughs> uh, so this is generally, uh, I mean, clearly it's a box office bomb. I believe I've seen some lists listing the worst Christmas movies of all time with this uh, pretty much in the top three. Uh, it's a complete piece of dreck. 
It's a little film called Santa with Muscles. Oh, oh boy. Oh boy, indeed. And yeah. I think I know who you're going to tell me. Yeah, I said this was a Hollywood embarrassment. At one point in his career, he went by the name of Hollywood. Listen, brother. This movie. I should have said my prayers and ate my vitamins and not taken. Oh, it was bad, brother. Hulk Hogan is indeed the answer. I'm not sure Harvey Keitel would have made a better Santa. Uh, yeah, I, I, I will. <laughs> I will agree with you there. Um, this is this was a project best left uh, un, unmade. <laughs> <laughs> so I cannot give you the points for that one. Uh, but at least at least you've heard of the answers uh, of the last few questions, yes. both the, the round one fiascos. You did get six points in this round. I'm going to add that six points to the six points you had coming into the round, uh, doubling your score to 12. I mean, if we double it again in this round, we'll be, you know, we'll be someplace. <laughs> I don't know if it's a good place, but we'll be someplace. <laughs> 12 points as we enter round four. Our highest scoring round of the game. Still plenty of opportunity to, as they say, save face, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Here are the categories we're using around for kicking things off with literature, moving along to television. Then we're going to tackle science. And we're going to wrap up round four and the second half with the mashup. But literature is on tap. Three, five, seven, or nine. Alex. I'm going to try seven. Seven points for literature. Good luck. Here is your seven-point question. To the stars, fear, slaves of sleep, and mission earth. Now, these may not be the best known of this author's works, but using some introspection, see if you can organize your thoughts and name this writer. So the last one sounded like it might have kind of a space-bearing theme. And so I'm going to guess Heinlein. Heinlein is your answer. Of course, fine science fiction Robert Robert Heinlein. Not outside of the realm of possibility to being a correct answer here. Uh, certainly to the stars and Mission Earth. These are science fiction works. I was trying to give you a little bit of a hint when I said, see if you can organize your thoughts. Oh, geez. This is the author. Oh, Ron Hubbard. Yes, his next work uh, after this batch was a little thing called Dianetics. Battlefield Earth also in the mix of his works. L. Ron Hubbard. I'm sorry your points have gone to visit Xenu. <laughs> I guess I was hoping they were better books. Yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> the moon is a harsh mistress, my friend. <laughs> Television. Yeah, well, you, you just audit yourself. You'll, yeah. you'll, you'll, you'll see where you went, went wrong. And, I kind of uh, hoped that you were going to go with Steppenwolf and Herman Hesse. I probably should have, quite frankly. That's a double H, <laughs> and I just didn't think of it when I was writing the questions. But uh, who knows? Who knows where the next few questions will lead us? I do know that television is next. You have a three, you have a five, and you have a nine. Let's do five. Five points for television. Good luck. And here we go. Gwyneth Paltrow won an Emmy for her portrayal of what character on Glee? 
a substitute teacher whose inappropriate over-exuberance for the job seemed to wow the critics. Well, as you can see from my previous music performance, Glee is not really a show I watched. I had a feeling. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm just going to go with an H name and hope it's sufficient and guess Holly. Holly is your answer here. Now, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow uh, was supposed to uh, appear on the show for several episodes as a love interest to uh, Matthew Morrison's character, and then they thought better of it. Said, "No, nah, let's just let's just rewrite the script, and we'll have them kind of see each other, but not really involved too much." She was on for a couple of episodes. She left. They said, "No, you know, she won the Emmy." So they said, "Oh, well, we have to have her back," and they brought her back for a few episodes. Um, they really did enjoy uh, having her on the show, playing a character who was probably the worst substitute teacher in terms of uh, teaching sex ed and uh, really uh, getting the kids all hot and heavy because she's Gwyneth Paltrow. She was a character with the last name of Holiday. And being that Glee is so fantastic, her name was Holly Holiday. I'm giving you five points, my friend. Oh, finally some mercy. Well, a first name <laughs> of a character on a TV show I think is very appropriate when it fits the bill. If it wasn't an H word, I couldn't have given it to you. <laughs> well, see, now you have some defense where people just say you're cruel in these games. Yeah, exactly. You want me to sing you a song about it, make it feel better? Because that seems to what they used to do. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind all that. We're going to move on. Nobody wants to hear that. Trust me. Yeah, I'll probably sing later. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Science is up next. You have the high, low, left, three and nine. What say ye? Going with the high on this one. Nine points for science. Good luck. And here we go. Taking 285 Earth years to orbit the sun, what dwarf planet discovered in 2004 and named after the Hawaiian goddess of fertility has the fastest spin of any known object in the solar system. Oh, geez. And being Hawaiian, it has probably a bunch of vowels. I'm going to go with Hanoko. Hanoko is your answer. Uh, So this object, which was discovered in the Kuiper Belt in 2004 is a fascinating object. It's not like the, uh, you know, the alien spaceship cigar-shaped thing, onomatopoeia, whatever they call it, that's going through the galaxy right now. Uh, This is spinning so fast, it takes four hours for it to spin around. And because it's so fast, it actually is in the shape of a football. It is not round because it just the spin does not allow it to settle on a sphere. It's 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 a really interesting object that they discovered, named after the Hawaiian goddess fertility. Obviously, starts with an H because otherwise, why would I bring it up? It has a lot of vowels, but not a lot of syllables per se, given the ratio. Haumea or Haumea, H A U M E A. How may I serve you? Well, by giving me easier questions, you idiot. <laughs> H is just not my lucky letter. I'm telling you. Yeah, you just say H-E double hockey sticks all the way home. All right. Well, we do have one question left in round four. It is going to be worth three points to you. Should you get it right? I'm hoping you're going to get it right. It is the mashup. Are you ready, sir? I am. For three points, here is your mashup question. This actor 
got all caught up in the hashtag MeToo accusations and lashed out at John Oliver during an interview. He then chased after Roger Thornhill in a cornfield. Okay, so we're talking North by Northwest with Roger Thornhill. And so, let's see, you had, I think it was, there was the biplane that was chasing him. And, of course, you had Martin Landau. And what actor would fit the first part of that that starts with H? Got caught up in the Me Too things. Harvey Weinstein is not an actor. I'm just not coming up with the first part of this. Yeah, why not? I'm just going to guess Harvey Martin Landau. Harvey Martin Landau is your answer. Well, you are absolutely correct in that Roger Thornhill is the protagonist of Alfred Hitchcock's North by Northwest, and probably the most famous scene is when he is, well, from if Apart from the Mount Rushmore ending, but I would say one of the most more famous scenes is when he is uh, chased by a biplane through a cornfield. It is not just any biplane, however, as Alfred Hitchcock says uh, when asked about the uh, scene. When you have a crop duster chasing a man, you must dust the crops. This was a crop duster. The actor who was uh, accused of perhaps uh, not treating his uh, female co-workers on set very well, was being interviewed by John Oliver. And John Oliver basically said, don't you feel you, you need to apologize more? And he kind of went uh, off and had a little dizzy, little tantrum. Boo-hoo, so sad. He was a fine actor from many films, Tootsie being one of them. I believe that was the film which he was accused of uh, doing stuff. So we were looking for, and I apologize. No, really, I apologize. Crop Dustin Hoffman. Oh. Oh, that's bad. But gettable. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes, it was gettable. Uh, Unfortunately, it was not gettable. So (laughs) still not a complete loss in that round. We did get the television question correct. Thank you so much, Gwyneth Paltrow. Five points for you going to add that to the 12 you had coming into the round and we are entering the confidence question with 17 points which is not horrific by any stretch of the imagination and because it's the confidence question here is what is ahead of you sir this is your last chance to try to improve your final score only one question is before you only one answer is required i will give you the category and you must must wager between one and ten points get it right and i will happily add it to your score but get it wrong alex oh Get it wrong, and I'm just going to invite you back for our special music-only episode (laughs) of Beat My Guest, and you can't say no. (laughs) Uh, This season, what we're doing here, of course, is we are going to have my Hot Seat contestants give me the option of three different categories for me to choose from for the confidence question. Alex has submitted, I have chosen, and so what it all amounts to is we haven't got it figured out just yet. I'm sorry, no singing. I apologize. (laughs) Um, I've got one hand in my pocket and one category for you, sir. How confident are you feeling in Monarchs? Well, you know, if you're going to do poorly, you might as well try and do the maximum you can this round. Let's go with 10. 10 points hoping for maximum poorness. No, no, I kid, (laughs) I kid. All right, good luck, sir. And here, here is your 10-point question on Monarchs. Born Christian Axel 
This man was originally elected king of his newly adopted country by a 79% majority vote. Name him and his regnal number. Okay, so I believe he started out as a prince of Denmark and went over to Norway, and it was Haakon, and I want to say the fifth. Haakon the fifth is your answer, sir. Well, you're correct. Christian Axel was a guy. He was uh, doing just fine in his own royal family. And uh, Norway, Sweden kind of said, uh, had a little DIV or CE. And uh, they were like, you know, we need a, we need our own king here. And they kind of looked around and they said, well, we got three or four nice, uh, nice opportunities up there. Uh, oh, Christian Axel. Why? He's got a kid. So that means there's a line of succession. So let's invite him. And he accepted uh, uh, on the condition that they actually hold a vote so that, uh, you know, he, he didn't want to come into a new country, basically, and say, I mean, obviously they existed beforehand, but he's, I, I don't want to come in and just, you know, take over and be a dictator or anything like that. Uh, do you want me to be king? So they had a vote. They said yes. And in honor of a previous existing line, he adopted the name Hawken. The question is, what number? And that number, kind of appropriate, because it will leave you with only seven points. It was Hawken the Seventh. So close, yet so far away. Indeed. I am sorry about that. He was... uh, he was Prince Carl before. <laughs> before, no, I, I do think it was a step up in names, quite frankly. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, let's see. Hawken Five was uh, back in the twelve seventies, so just a, a long few time hundred gone. years. Yeah, a long time gone. Yeah, they had gone about five hundred years without yeah. uh, without kings there, and uh, so he kind of uh, kind of like homaged homage. That starts with H, even though you, it's a silent H, but it's there. Your score is fairly silent, but you know what? I hope you had fun in any way. Uh, it, uh, the scores don't matter. The scores mean very little. This is all gravy. Uh, before I let you go, is there anything you'd like to say, yell at me about, plug? No, really enjoy the show. Encourage people to become patrons. Come and you know have a chance to be completely humbled in the experience. Well... This is true. This is true. You know, now I'm thinking about that I could have gone with Humbert. Humbert, I mean, that, that's a good double H there. Uh, well, I thank you so much, not only for your support through the Patreon account, but also just in getting, getting in the hot seat. It is not easy, but if Alex can do it, you can do it. Come and join our Facebook group, Beat My Guest the Fans Hot Seat, and uh, join the community there, folks. And, uh, you know, if you'd like to uh, be in the hot seat, you can let me know there, because certainly I'm always looking for new voices, new faces, and new people to torture. Mwahaha, mwahaha, mwahaha. Thank you so much, Alex. It is time for you to leave the hot seat. Oh, thank you. And thank you all for listening. Uh, We will be back next week. I cannot imagine that you'd want to miss it. Until then, take care and bye-bye. Did you beat our guest or did our guest beat you? Tell us all about it on Twitter at BMGPod. Also, please review and rate us on iTunes. And if you like what you've heard, spread the word. This is absolutely not the Mark Goodson Bill Todman production.